Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter... The original intro. The original intro. Can you believe it? It has been a complete year since I started the Hooper's Log. Um, I, I, I listened to the I listened to the original episode the other day, and um, again, you're listening to Simo Buckets here live on the Hooper's Log through CLNS Radio uh, on. Apple Podcast, if you're listening to the Apple Podcast, if you're listening through Blog Talk Radio Live, if you heard, saw the Twitter feed, if you're listening to the podcast, all that stuff. Um, first off, uh, Andrew's on the line. I'll get to him in just a second. I wanted to kind of give my thank yous and get him out of the way. First of all, this is episode 35. If you're listening, it's Tuesday, December 22nd, 2015. A year ago today was the beginning of the Hooper's Log, and I listened to the original episode, and if you want to listen to it, go feel free to go on ahead to blogtalkradio.com slash 25Trey. Yeah, 25Trey was what my original name was. Um, for those of you that don't know, I started a show called The Daily Craze back in June of 2014, and that was where I took on my independent podcasting uh, kind of career at that point in time. And... Um, after a while, it wasn't that I got fed up with baseball, talking baseball or talking college football or NFL or anything like that. It, it got to a point where I recognized that after I started talking basketball, once it started coming on in November of 2014, I I fell in love with it. And um, going back to the original episode, when you hear the first episode I ever do, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of things that I want to do, and it's cool because a lot of them have kind of come true in a way. Not not fully, but to a degree, many. Um, I started this journey by myself. My my daily craze episodes. I did about ninety plus. I don't know exactly how many I did. Technically, today officially today is the ninety eighth episode of the Hooper's Log. Sixty uh, eighth. Or 60, excuse me, 60, yeah, I believe 62 on CLNS Radio. And this journey so far has taken me places that, uh, honestly, going back to a year ago, I would not imagine where I am today. I mean, I I, I thought I'd eventually get to this point, to be 100% honest with you, but I didn't think it would come all this fast. I am beyond grateful to have a co-host and Andrew Norris with me, a guy from Detroit. I've had guys like uh, Steve Krebs, where I don't know where Steve Krebs is, but I want to thank him personally for him being out there. I wish he would have stayed on the show, but I I don't know what's going on with his life, but uh, he hasn't been involved uh, over the last couple of months. Um, But I want to give thanks to guys like Nick Gelso, um, other guys who have put together Celtics post-game shows, which I've been a part of over this past year, calendar year since I started CLNS. Through the Hooper's Log, I just want to give you kind of a rundown of how it's all worked. First of all, I started off on Blog Talk Radio, which I'm talking to you right now, 
And if you're listening to Applecast or listening to the CLNS app or whatever, um, you know, here I I went from doing a 30-minute show three times a week uh, with no sound bites, um, no longer than 30-minute shows, um, very little sound quality. Um, my phone would skip all the time. Uh, I didn't. I, I was not in the best of places in my life at the time, um, and all it took was a passion, an idea, and a motivation, and I'm where I am today. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be yet, but when it comes to the overall growth of everything, I'm at a place where this show can get much bigger, faster, and even maybe a year from now, who knows where this show might be. I mean, this show has grown so in-depthly. I honestly, when you go back to listen to the very first show, it brings back memories of how it all began, and it's crazy to see what... Here's the thing that you need to know to need to succeed if you're listening to this show and to know how I got to where I got to. Um, All it takes is hard work, passion, determination, and positive attitude. That, That is a huge thing. Um, grinding. There are days where you don't want to do this. Trust me. There are days when you don't want to pick up the phone and do the podcast. You don't want to pick up and actually talk about something because there's nothing to talk about. And there have been days where I've had to dig, just absolutely dig for content. And I've had to really just kind of freeway my way through the radio. And for me to now have a, a solid 15 to 20, 30 on some good days, podcast listens per day on a blog talk site where I had only maybe one or two, which was one of them was myself, um, to rehear and get better. To get to the point I am now, um, I couldn't thank enough people. Again, Nick Gelso, Andrew has been a huge help here on the show. He'll be on in a second. Um, And other guys like Steve Krebs and callers over the past, um, people who have found ways to hear me are guests that we've had um a lot and, and, and to be 100 percent honest with you it has been i've kind of expected all this and it, and it sounds cocky and it sounds arrogant and it sounds off but with how much i work at this people this isn't just a you know i jump on the air for 45 minutes or 30 minutes and talk when i first started it was set out like notes and write and type up you know actual show content, uh, find ways to, to make jokes, find ways to talk about things that are serious on the radio, put my emotion and, and opinion out there for you to, for you to connect with or, to, or, to, or at least uh, grow with and, 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 and be with. It's, it's all come from really, really a lot of hard work. And there's a lot more hard work to be done, to be honest. And with all the guests we've had, all the people that have been there to help, First of all, it starts with them, because without them, I would not be here. Without others in your life, you would not be where you are today. It's just the way it is. It's just how life works. But at the same time, there's hard work, there's determination, there's dedication, and there's a lot of other things behind it, and there's a lot of luck. I got lucky. CLNS found me through Twitter. I I would shoot my show out on Twitter. I had some CLNS followers find me and recruit me to CLNS, which – at the same time, you know, I love CLNS radio, but there are bigger and brighter things down the road. As of now, I love what I do. It is outstanding with what I do. Ultimately, the goal is to get bigger. But for now, 
I could not be happier having a, you know, I can have as long of a podcast as I want now. I can have as many sound bites as I want now. Um, I'm hearing that my phone is slightly cutting out. Uh, it is uh, it is that time of the year where it gets cold and things happen, and unfortunately that might be the case on the show. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to this ability to be on the radio and 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 get as far as I've gotten, I am I'm grateful. I really am. And um, it all came from an idea, a passion for the game of basketball, and uh, a lot of hard work, determination, dedication. And trust me, Will, there's a point in time where, believe me, this isn't fun. There's times where this doing this podcast and doing this show is not fun, a la March Madness. There are points in time where I remember last year when I did March Madness shows where I was up until 1, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning writing shows out and finding ways to grab content for you, to the listener, to listen to. And it was all for free. In fact, I actually don't get any money for this. Someday I'd like to, but for now, I don't get any money doing this. I do this because I love it. It's a passion. It's a lot of hard work. I take definitely four, five hours out of my day that's already busy with work and sleeping and, and living life to do this show. I sacrifice a lot. There's a lot of sacrificing that goes into making this show. And um, for the people out there who have allowed me to do so, have helped me grow my uh, my show into something that it is today, 98 episodes deep from literally a 30 minute podcast that had no listeners to now getting 30 podcast listens a day, being on Apple iTunes. It's only going to get bigger and better, but for that, I'm grateful. And today is the one year anniversary. Uh, Andrew had to hold out on that. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Chris, what's up, man? Just want to say uh, congratulations on the on the one year. Uh, I'm unbelievably proud to be a part of this. Um, you know, it's it, it's something that you know I've been here for I believe almost five months now. Um, you know, you found yeah, me on Twitter. Yeah, you found you found me on Twitter, and I talked my way onto the show. Uh, it turned out fantastic. You know, it's, it's something that was always a a dream of mine, even if it's just, you know, at, at this point, just, you know, not a, we're not a famous podcast. We're not, we're not there yet. That's our goal, of course. But, you know, it, yeah. even if we're here right now, the amount we've grown, the, you know, the amount you've taught me, it does not go on a, uh, just congratulations and thank you very much here. You're, you're great at this. Thing. Oh, I, I mean, it's it's something that I've wanted to do since I was young. I mean, and what's crazy is the path you're taking is the same path I started on. I, and, and granted, the person I started with did not have the determination and the will factor to do this for as long as I've been able to do it. And that's no knock on Marty Elm. That's no knock on him. He showed me the ropes how to begin. He was an intern at a pretty big local uh, uh, broadcasting group here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and, um, he showed me the ropes as a, as a co-host and I co-hosted for him back in 2013. And then sometime around April of 2014, it faded. He didn't want to, he just didn't do it anymore. And I said, you know what? I want to do my own show. And I started it in June. Like I said, boosted up to where I am now. And now I have my own show. I'm, I'm promoted. I, and, and it's again, like you said, not anything major or big, but it, it is, it is when you when it's one of those things where and I and now I understand and and it's not that I now I've understood it but it's been understood since I've been on 
for the last months now since we've known we've been on Apple iTunes for the last, um, I'd say the, since I joined CLNS in, in March or, excuse me, May. And since I talked in the finals um, and I started getting big-time listens, there were a couple of shows there where I was getting at least 300, 400 listens in the, in the playoffs. And there, it, it gets to a point where I started recognizing what athletes meant when they talk about I don't look on my past, but I but there will be times when I'll get to in the in the future. And 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 I got to look on my past on on Monday uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. I don't remember Friday. I think it was when I got to actually look back and see my listen to my very first show. And and I and I sat there and I thought, wow, I have come a long freaking way. And, and and you don't recognize it when you're in the middle of the process because I've enjoyed the process. I've enjoyed getting better. And you've been a big part of that, Andrew. And you're on that path to create your own greatness if you so choose to do so. And for for you to help me on the show has been uh, absolutely tremendous. Um, did you watch that Monday Night Football game last night, Andrew? I tried not to, um, but I, I did get. <laughs> I got the good parts. I really did. I watched uh, the first three touchdowns, and then um, my my girlfriend wanted to watch that creepy movie with the old people. It's called The Visit, where they go and see their grandparents. Which, if you haven't seen, go see it because that is one of the more creepy. It's not as much scary. It's just you're watching it and you're just like, oh my goodness, don't don't just please stop this. Like it's just unbelievably <laughs> creepy. And then I turned it back on right as uh, Matt Prater missed the field goal. Yeah. Uh, and then the Saints, you know, there was eight seconds left. So it was all good. No no fail, Mary, this time. Don't you dare play the audio. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I watched I, I watched the good parts of the game. <laughs> yeah. And, hey, at least, at least they're, you know, at least they're fighting back. I mean, this team, people forget, they started off, what was it, 0-6, oh, 0-7? 1-7. One and seven, and look, they've won five of their last seven ball games. And granted, it should have been six of their last seven, knowing what we know. Um, and this team is, trust me, it's a bright spot. Now you can make all the case you want that Calvin Johnson's been inconsistent, and Matthew Stafford's been what he's been. But hey, they're getting better. And trust me, over time they'll they'll find a way to get back to what they were a couple of years ago. It will happen. They have the talent to do so. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is out against the Vikings this week. That should be a victory for my Vikings. They should win their tenth game. I'm excited. Um, should be a fun time there. Hopefully, they find a way to get, to, to get that victory. It should be an automatic win for them. But uh, you know, as as the saying goes, you know, there's times where the Vikings have found ways to fail, and it happens a lot. Lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. It, or did he, he make the catch at the 15? Yeah. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. <laughs> he did what? Andrew, I don't know if you're old enough to know what that play is, but that was the 1999 Monday night football game, Packers playing against the Vikings in Lambeau Field. Antonio Freeman in overtime caught a ball where it bounced off his back as he was laying down, and he turned around, grabbed the ball, picked it up, and ran in for a touchdown and beat the Vikings, and the Vikings played the better game. That that game destroyed me when I was, like, nine years old. But uh, that, that was kind of – that's kind of an impression of kind of how the Vikings have been over time. And I know you said you're a Detroit Lions fan. I get it. Trust me. I understand it. One thing I wanted to get your take on before we move forward in this one-year anniversary show, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll, we'll fly through it, trust me. Um, the phone number in the FanDuel studio is 
1558 if you'd like to call in here on this first year edition uh, of the Hooper's Log. Um, Charles Woodson is going to retire at the end of the season. He mentioned that news yesterday. I know he's near and dear to your heart as a Wolverine uh, fan and backer. Um, here's the thing. Here's my take on Charles Woodson before I let you talk about him, uh, Andrew. First of all, Charles Woodson, and this was funny. I was talking about Charles Woodson at work yesterday, and I know not everyone's a giant in work, uh, sports nut at work. That's just not how it works. But I, I mentioned the name Charles Woodson, and people were like, who? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, you need to, you need to stop. Charles Ooh, Woodson man. is potentially one of the greatest, if not the greatest secondary player ever. And he did it in an era that has gotten tougher and tougher and tougher to play. Look, people forget this guy won the Heisman hands down at, at Michigan. Hands down. The best defensive player probably at his position in college ever. Plus he returned kicks. Plus he was an athletic specimen. When he got drafted to Oakland, he was by far probably the best, probably the best uh, corner in the NFL for a solid uh, two, three years. And he was just getting started. And then when he went to Green Bay, he had another unprecedented time where he had about six interceptions a year at the safety position. And then he went back to Oakland, and he's played for 18-plus years in the NFL, and he's still playing at a level that you can almost determine as Pro Bowl worthy. That's how unbelievable this guy is. Look, people knock can knock him for, you know, going to the safety position and not playing corner, but people recognize something. There have been greats like Ed Reed uh, and other safeties over the past who have just dwindled by this time in their career. This guy is 37, 38 years old, and he is still playing at a level that is, you could make the cases, Pro Bowl level. And he's doing it on a team that is just horrific, and the Raiders, granted, they're getting better, but he is a guy that, I don't understand. I don't know how you can't list him as a top ten defensive player all time. What's your take on this Wolverine? Probably one of the greatest Wolverines to ever suited up. He's, uh, he, I, I would go top ten defensive players of all time. His Wolverine career was a little bit before I uh, knew how to function and watch sports. Um, but, but you know, I, I'm. You know, you were just talking about how much work we put into something like this. You know, the work I put into this is, is a lot similar to the work that I've just done my whole life. Uh, to learn about sports, I would, when I was young, when I was 10, 11 years old, I would go and take my grandpa's films that he had of old games and watch them. And I wouldn't watch them in, like, a, a manner of just seeing who won. I'd watch them and I'd watch the plays. I'd watch... I'd watch everything, football, baseball, basketball, everything, to learn every little movement about it. And and this is one of those guys who, when he was on the field, he just had that effect. He was – you didn't want to throw towards him. You didn't want to throw – you know, yeah. you didn't want to throw in that area. This guy ended with 65 picks, 11 of which he returned for touchdowns. He's 34 yards away from a 1,000 career interception return yards. Uh, you know, he he's – 994 combined tackles. Uh, I mean, he's. Yeah. I mean, this guy's intercepted so many balls. He's fumbled three times in his career. <laughs> right. That. He's intercepted right. it so many times. He's fumbled three times on on those returns. Um, you know, it, it, obviously he's one of the best, if not the best player, to ever go to Michigan. Um, which is why it's such 
it's going to be cool to see him get appreciated. You know, he's, he's not going to be on the, the big-time levels that, like, Tom Brady's going to be when he retires or if Peyton Manning gets a proper retirement ceremony because he's a defensive player. People don't realize right. how hard it is to win a Heisman on the defensive end. And, of course, he returned kicks. He right. played a little bit of offense. Uh, I mean, Michigan's got his, like, a mini version in Jabril Peppers sitting in the in the locker room right now maybe i mean it's this guy is this guy has been terrific and i don't think that's an understatement of the word i mean he's got 65 tackles this year and five interceptions the guy's 39 years old he had 113 tackles last year 113 man i mean it's it's awesome because, you know, I feel like he did have a little bit of down spell in the early 2010s. Um, he's still good, just not, not as great as he was. Uh, I mean, he's had he had three out of four seasons with 17 or more pass deflections. That's, that, it, it's insane. Uh, you know, people, I, I pay my respects to this guy because he really, he made the game different in the fact of he was he's one of the last great secondary defenders that you know you'll see and by great I mean transcendent I mean that can change the game and that's not because of their ability that's because of the way the rules are changing around them exactly and uh this guy has become I'm telling you it's it's one of those things where it's like people talk about Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and the Legion of Doom here in Seattle but then I remind them I'm like look hold on uh Charles Woodson they, let's just say this. Richard Sherman is a guy that is one of the better secondary players in the league. Richard Sherman can't hold Charles Woodson's jock strap. That's how great Charles Woodson is. Charles Woodson is in the category of Ronnie Lott. He's in the category of other guys who are, you name a secondary great, that's Charles Woodson. He's in that conversation automatically from the standpoint of he won the Heisman. He went into the NFL and played unbelievable for 10 years once he got into the NFL. Yeah, he had some down skills late in the 2000s, but outside of the last five years and obviously his first 10, the guy has been one of the best secondary players in the NFL, um, and he's and he's going out with a bang. He's been one of the better players in the league. Andrew, we got to talk some basketball. We're on the Hoopers log. We're not on an NFL or football show. Um, we do have two bowl games in, in college football. We'll get to that later, but are you ready to get it going, man? Uh, I'd like Kevin Hart answer that. Yeah, we got him. All right, right all right, all right. Every day, Kevin Hart will answer that question for us, and he'll get it going for us today. Nine games in the NBA last night. No real news in college basketball, but let's just fly through these scores real quick. Wizards win over the Kings 113-99. John Wall went off in this one. He had a crazy, crazy performance. 12 points, 19 assists, two rebounds, and four steals with a 56 on the way forward the performance scale. And Marcin Gortat. Yes, the offensive rebounding guru in Washington had 27 points, 16 rebounds, two assists, and four blocks at 51 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale there as the Wizards get the victory over the Kings. A pretty warm moment uh, in Boston last night as Kevin Garnett returned to Boston. Crazy enough, the score was the same as the Washington and Sacramento score. Duplicate score, 113-99. to Boston gets the victory over Minnesota. They're now 15 and 13. Orlando Magic get the victory over the New York Knicks, 107 to 99. There, the, the Orlando Magic are now 16 and 12, and the and the Knicks are 14 and 15. Everything is so bunched up in the Eastern Conference. The Atlanta Hawks 18 and 12 now as they beat the 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 uh, Portland Trailblazers, 106 to 97. Damian Lillard did not play in that one. 
And if Damian Lillard is out again, which I just got breaking news, that he is out for a second straight game tonight playing the Pelicans or within, on Wednesday, I believe, um, that, that's going to be a huge problem for, uh, for Portland there over time. They're now 11-19. and 19. Expect that, to, that, that loss column record to drop here over the next couple of days uh, if they cannot get him back because they need him back immensely. Some drama in Chicago now as Fred Hoiberg and Jimmy Butler are butting heads. Uh, the, the Chicago Bulls lose to the Brooklyn Nets uh, 105-102. And you can now officially say that, yes, Brooklyn is 8-20. They're not playing great. But both of these teams now have kind of taken a turn for – the Bulls have now taken a turn for the worst. And you can make, now make the case that the Brooklyn Nets have making, taken a turn for the better. And they might find a way to sneak their way into a conversation piece in the Eastern Conference. Andrew, what have you been hearing, and what's your take on this situation going on in Chicago? Is Jimmy Butler is not fond of Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, they uh, they uh, they kind of went back and asked Jimmy Butler these questions again to see, you know, if he'd back off his statements or what. And he said something along the lines of, I stand by what I say, but I have to be more of a leader, which I thought was the perfect answer at the perfect time. He should have not said what he said. And, you know, you know us, us in the media, us who are trying to get good news, us who want, you know, these big stories to come out so we can talk about them, you know, we like when these guys are honest. At the same time, me personally, outside of, like, the media part of me, um, right? I, you know, when I see these guys calling out their coach on, in front of an audience, a huge, huge national audience, you know, it's it's really disappointing. That shows a huge lack of leadership. Think about Tim Duncan going out and calling out a coach. Think about, you know, it's it's not that's not ever gonna happen. Um and I'm not saying you have to say your coach is the greatest coach to ever step foot on a basketball court. Right. But don't it, he basically just subtweeted Fred Hoiberg saying we need to be coached harder. He subtweeted him. Like <laughs> I mean, it, it was it's first of all, that's your authority figure. Okay, so for Fred, for him to feel comfortable enough with Fred Hoiberg to do this, I think shows a little bit about Fred Hoiberg, shows a little bit about Jimmy Butler, both of which are negatives. Fred Hoiberg looks like he doesn't have as well control as we thought, um, and uh, Jimmy Butler is not as much of a leader as we thought. I don't know how much of a leader we thought he was, but it seems like he's you know a, a very good player who lacks leadership skills. Um, I don't well, think he doesn't steal. I think they'll get. You're good. You're good. I, I think they'll I think they'll get over it. Um, you know, I don't want to say they have a ruined relationship or anything even close to that. Um, but you know, it definitely doesn't help it. Boy, doesn't this remind you of the Houston Rockets and uh what's going on in the LA Clippers right now with the fact that these coaches are being held hostage from the standpoint of their players aren't performing and the, and the coaches are the ones getting the bullet. I think it's a joke. I think Fred Hoiberg, again, going back even when Tom Thibodeau was there, they, these guys are being held hostage because they have the quote-unquote talent to compete. Look, we we know this, Andrew. Going into this season, this Bulls team was on the downslope of what their window is looking like for an NBA title. I mean, they had their window over the last three or four years, and granted, they lost, they lost Derrick Rose to injury. That never is going to help. Um, but at the same time, even the year they had Derrick Rose win MVP, they had a pretty good window at that time too. Um, granted, that was the very first year that the Miami Heat formed, but outside of that, I mean, they have had their opportunity to play well, and they just have not been able to jump in. My phone was cutting out earlier, Andrew. Is it good now? 
Yeah, yeah, all better now. All good. Okay, good. Yeah, I guess my room is a is an area where just just cell phones go to die because that's what was going on. Um, and uh, and another news thing I wanted to get to before I break down the rest of these games, Bradley Beal. I've heard some rumors about him potentially leaving Washington because of the quote unquote relationship with John Wall. I don't understand this animosity against John Wall. Off the court, this guy is one of the more humble. Uh, he's one of the more, I mean, yes, he's outspoken. He, he does have a, a, a part to him that you can make the case is irritating or maybe might, might get under some people's skin by the way he acts. I get that. But at the same time, he's a guy who has gone through a lot in his life. And I'm not, that's not, that's not, to, that's not to, to put him on a pedestal comparing to other players and say that they haven't either. But this guy has seen some things in his life where maybe it's impacted him more than others. Um, and how he, how he really kind of, how he holds himself among the league and as a professional athlete is very impressive considering what high of a of a pedestal he's been on since high school this guy has been one of the best players in the in the nation over the last you know five six years especially when he was in in college and then coming into the nba all this hype he now has a shoe deal what what do you expect from a guy to think he has held it down quite considerably and he's been one of the more model citizens in the NBA and there are people saying that his attitude is what's causing this animosity maybe it's more of a media buildup I don't know what the situation is with that Andrew could you probably explain that that thinking behind the media I think they're digging uh Coward yeah. is somebody who you know I, I respect Colin Coward immensely and and he's one who I have learned learned a lot from just from listening to and watching and just the way he goes about it, it's kind of a I'm going to say what I believe attitude, and you're not going to change it. Um, he's very proud of his work. He's very, you know, you can tell when you watch and when you listen how proud he is. Right. Um, but but that being said, this is the same guy that said Bill Belichick might be Michigan's head coach before they hired Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, he, he does like these huge stories. It's kind of like you're scrolling through Twitter and you see this this account that has 32 followers says, "Well, my sources told me that LeBron James right. is getting yeah. traded for Kevin Durant." And, and you know, Chris he might Bichard. see that and go, "Well, he 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 might make, he see that and go, "Well, I can make a story out of this." Um yeah. again, you know, you you great um but it's I, I don't think it's realistic. There might be a little bit of something. Who knows? Maybe they got in an argument. Um, and I mean this not sexist at all, but we're, we're guys don't keep these grudges and, and, you know, throw little wine fits. When you get right. in a fight, you get in a fight and it's over. You know, it's – yeah. who knows? I mean, I might be way off in Colin Coward being that he's smarter, he has more connections, he's Absolutely. great. I mean – uh, he might be way on, but I think it's just kind of um, picking what you want to hear out of a story. Well, I just agreed with you from the standpoint of, look, he's much smarter. We're dummies on the radio. I mean, no one listens to us. We're on a podcast that really no one listens to. I mean, I'm just being 100%. No, I'm kidding there. But, no, but seriously, he is a much more uh, realistic source when it comes to uh, uh, his his uh, his stories and his abilities to branch out to the media. He, I love Colin Coward. I think – he is one of my mentors when it comes to uh, me learning from his ability to do radio. He he speaks quickly. He speaks fluent. He speaks he speaks very intellectually, and he also, like you said, has a very strong opinion that won't be won't be bouldered, won't be moved. And that is something that is very powerful in radio 
and something that is very, very just, just really good to listen to. Now, there's days where he gets, and I don't want to knock him, but there are days where he gets very cranky and he's very difficult to listen to. But that's everybody. Yep. Everyone's hard to listen to when they get cranky. So, but from that perspective, outside of that, he is an outstanding listener on the radio. So I love listening to him. Uh, let's get back to these recaps of these games real quick. Uh, Houston beat Charlotte last night, 102 to 95. James Harden had a wipe worthy performance in that one. 36.7 assists and five rebounds, 55 on the wipe worthy performance scale. Um, he again, the Rockets looking like they're coming back a little bit. Uh, I still don't believe in them. They're 15 and 14, hovering around a bottom spot in the, in the Western Conference. They get on a run, they can play well. Last night, in the matchup of the night, matchup, not game of the night. Game of the night was at the very end of the night, but matchup of the night, Spurs and, and Pacers. There was a crazy stat that I showed uh, Andrew last night when it came to the San Antonio Spurs that I saw when I was watching the game. Think about this, people. Since back in the eon days, before I know many of you are young and probably listening to the show, and I definitely know Andrew was not old enough when this happened, but I wasn't even born when this streak started. San Antonio Spurs, since 1989. 1990, they have had the most win streaks of five-plus games over everybody else. They have had more than the Chicago Bulls, 98, and the Chicago Bulls have had 69. Think about that. That was when Michael Jordan went through his reign through the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers had their three-peat. That was when the Los Angeles Lakers won their five titles with Kobe and Shaq. Well, three of them with Shaq, but five when Kobe won them. Six with Chicago. Spurs obviously have won. They won their, you know, they obviously have won their five since then. Uh, the Thunder and Sonics, uh, you know, when they were together, stayed 68. This and the Utah Jazz. People forget the Utah Jazz from like the early 80s all the way up till the the mid 2000s when John Stockton and Carl Malone were around. They had 67. So, just to give you an idea of how dominant this franchise has been, all of this Warrior talk and how great they've been, and I'm not knocking them. They've been an unbelievable franchise as of late, especially over this last year and a half. No one's going to knock that. And I won't knock it. But just understand greatness when you see it. This team last night won 106-92. to 92. Kawhi Leonard won. He won Player of the Week in the Western Conference. Reggie Jackson won it for the Detroit Pistons. Woo! Yeah, Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Right. De- definitely deserving so. I agree with that. Um, and but, but the San Antonio Spurs are now 24-5. and five. They're now 16-0 and at home. Three games back of the Warriors. Uh, they have been an unbelievable presence in the NBA, and last night proved it. And especially with the way Kawhi Leonard played defense on Paul George, it was unbelievable. Andrew, what's your take on this team? I know you got to go back to work soon, but what was your take on this? Uh, I was a little bit disappointed. A uh, 14-point outcome, you know, isn't exactly what I thought was going to happen. It was a two-point game going into the half. Uh, the Spurs almost made it look easy in the second half. Um I was also very, very disappointed by Paul George's play. If you want to be an MVP, you got to step up. I don't care. For the, you yeah. know, LeBron averages 30 points against Kawhi Leonard. Steph Curry probably averages 30 points against the best defending point guard. Paul George went out went one for 14 last night. Paul George was the yeah. difference in this game and in a negative way. Um, I, I was just extremely disappointed. The Spurs are, in my opinion, way – you know, if, if I'm going into a playoff series right now, I am – taken on the Warriors ten times before I take on the Spurs. And that you know, that's just and that's no disrespect to the Warriors. That's just an insane amount of respect to the Spurs. But you know, the game disappointed me, uh, all in all, but just showed the Spurs dominance. Before you go, Andrew, who you got? Akron, Utah State and Idaho Potato Bowl. Who you got? <laughs> uh whew. 
Utah State. Let's we're doing Utah yeah. State for sure. Yeah. They've had more talent the over six the years. They're going to be a better Aggies. Team. Yeah, they've they've. Uh, let's see, their quarterback Myers, who threw 14 touchdowns this year, uh, compared to Akron's quarterback Woodson, who threw 16 touchdowns this year. It's going to be 36 degrees there, and that's about all I know about this game. <laughs> yeah, Idaho is is the middle of nowhere. Uh, you're not sh- don't. I would not be shocked if you didn't know anything about that. So it, uh, don't be worried about that. Temple and Toledo in the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, Temple. I think is the high favorite on this one. They played Notre Dame, and I know you're not a Notre Dame fan, but they played Notre Dame very well. And if they come out and play like that in that game, they're going to destroy Toledo. I don't care who Toledo puts out there. Who do you got in that one? Uh, Two-and-a-half-point spread. Temple's ranked. Uh, Toledo has looked really good at points this year. I want to say they started something like 7-0. and uh, But I got Temple winning it by about a touchdown again. That's not based on a ton of knowledge. It's based on the the research <laughs> I've done. But that's, that's about it, man. <laughs> yeah, we're in the crappy bowl game season. Andrew, I know you got to go back to work, man. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Uh, go shopping for the girlfriend at that time of year. Oh, yeah, the presents just came in. Once again, Chris, congratulations on the year. Thank you for making me a part of this team. Uh, no problem. And to everybody, as I say every time, peace. All right, Andrew, he's going back to work. He's a working man. That'll be me here in about an hour and a half. Um, I'll be heading out to work as well, but i got to get to a couple more things before I get out of here. Um, obviously, uh, there are two more games on the schedule last night that I haven't mentioned yet. The uh, the Utah Jazz played the Phoenix Suns last night. I believe the score – it's popping up here on my phone. 110-89 uh, to 89 was the score. The Utah Jazz got the victory. Uh, they beat the Phoenix Suns. Um, and what – it was it was one of those games where look Utah is finally getting their feet underneath them. They're clearly a very talented team. They're just hurt right now. They're trying to find a way to come back. Game of the night. Game of the night last night was between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the, and the Los Angeles Clippers. The Thunder getting the victory 199. There's a video on, on YouTube for NBA.com regarding this game and the recap of it. You talk about a back and forth battle in the final couple minutes of the ball game. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and Chris Paul all made some unbelievable plays. Speaking of those three guys, they all had wipe away the performances last night. Russell Westbrook, 33 points, seven assists, five rebounds, and three steals, a 55 on the wipe away the performance scale. Kevin Durant had 24 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and two blocks. And then CP3 had performance of the night in the NBA, 32 points, 10 assists, five rebounds, and two steals, a 59 on the wipe away the performance scale. Now, does that necessarily mean that they won the game? No, obviously they didn't, but that was an outstanding basketball game. I wish Andrew would have been here to hear it and, and talk about it, but that's okay. We got quite a bit of stuff to talk about as well. Uh, that was game of the night by far, Oklahoma City and the Los Angeles Clippers. I wanted to get to one thing before I get out of here uh, and, and recap and preview these games. There's only about four games in the NBA. There's one college game to watch tonight. Uh, but there's one thing I want to get to before I get out of here. Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference in the NBA has been unbelievable when it comes to their ability to – when it, when it comes to their ability to stay relevant and stay uh, and and stay above 500, I mean they have been. It's crazy. It's crazy how close everything is in the Eastern Conference. Look, Milwaukee all the way up through Cleveland, only nine games out. Milwaukee's 11 and 18. They're not playing great. Washington's 12 and 14. New York 14 and 15. Boston all the way up to Cleveland, four and a half game difference between between the bottom 10 team and the and the top team in the Eastern Conference. Look. Parity is great in the Eastern Conference, but I want to give you an understanding that this is all fool's 
gold. Yes, I know we're three days away from Christmas. I understand we're getting closer to the holiday season. I understand we're getting closer to the halfway mark in the NBA. Every, every team is about 30 games in right now, and it's very early. But a lot of these teams, and you saw it over the weekend, are not good enough to compete at the highest level in the NBA when I'm talking about championship quality, when I'm talking about contending with teams. Look, the only team in the Eastern Conference who can contend with the higher teams in the Western Conference is Cleveland. Miami is 16-10 and 10, hanging out the second spot in the Eastern Conference right now. They're not going to be able to beat any team in the West. Did you watch the Pacers over this weekend? They lost to Memphis, and they lost to the Spurs handily. And at one point, they were the second seed in the East. Atlanta can't do anything without Damari Carroll because they can't even beat Cleveland with Damari Carroll. Toronto, they're great. Their backcourt's great. But again, they don't have enough depth to really compete in the, in the West. Chicago, we're already seeing this, this team have its downfalls, and we're starting to see a collapse there in Chicago. Detroit is a very young, getting better team. And, and before we know it, Detroit could be a team hanging out at the second spot in the Eastern Conference, and they could be the only team really to compete with Cleveland coming down the stretch considering the talent they've had as of late. Orlando is still a young team in process. Charlotte has an outside chance to compete in the Eastern Conference. They've been flip-flopping from second to the bottom part. Boston is still a team in progress, but they're getting better. They just don't quite have the overall pieces to compete. Look, the Eastern Conference is parity-driven, but from the perspective of they're a mediocre brand right now. And what I mean by that is, look, they all look good. They all look like the same team, but they all look like the same version of an average of an average batch of food, an average an average food chain, an average uh, you know an average brand in general. They just look like that. They look like Puma, and that's no knock on Puma. I love Puma brand, but what I'm trying to say is they're an average brand right now, and. They're playing good because they look good because they're beating each other up and they're winning off and on. But when they play the West, the West is starting to show its colors. And really the only teams in the West that the, – the, these five teams in the West, the Clippers, Dallas, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, and Golden State, they would be running train through the Eastern Conference right now. And, and you got teams like Memphis, the Clippers, uh, Houston, Utah, teams that are kind of struggling a little bit but are playing well enough in the Western Conference, they would run train in the East. Time will only tell if the East will get better, but let's be 100% honest when we talk about the Eastern Conference. They're playing great, but I think it's more of the fact that they have a lot of teams to sift through to see who's going to compete with Cleveland. Because outside of Cleveland, with their talent, I don't really see anybody else contending with what the Cleveland Cavaliers have in the East. Because once the Cleveland Cavaliers come back fully healthy and ready to go come January – which I've said since the beginning of the year, there's no one that can compete with this team. No one in the Eastern Conference. They're a solid step and a half above everybody else when it comes to their ability to compete against any team in the NBA. I think what we're seeing is great from the Eastern Conference from the standpoint of putting them back in the conversation of relativity, but overall, they're still a mediocre brand, and they're still something that we should not fully buy into. They're a weak stock. Don't buy them. They're not going to grow much better than you're going to see them right now. Give them a couple more years, they'll get better but I don't think they're as hyped as everyone's talking them out to be. Again, there's four games in the NBA tonight. Uh, Memphis and Philadelphia, if Memphis is talking about firing their coach, if they lose tonight against Philadelphia, you could probably guarantee that he's going to be fired anytime soon here. Detroit and Miami is definitely wor worth watching. I would tune into that one as well. Dallas and Toronto is on NBA TV. If I had NBA TV, I would totally watch that game, but I will definitely tune into Detroit and Miami tonight. Los Angeles Lakers at Denver, obviously. My, Kobe Bryant in Denver will be a fun one. And then one college basketball game to watch tonight, Iowa State, number 11, 
at number 22 Cincinnati, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. Again, that's your show. we got about a minute left in the show here on the Hooper's Log. Yeah, a year, man. It's been an entire year. One full year in the Hooper's Log. I'm, I am uh, I'm beyond grateful again, as I mentioned early on in the show. Um, expect this to get bigger. And I said this, I've been saying this every single time I've been on here. We're going to have bigger guests, better guests, uh, awesome people. This is episode 98, overall episode 35 on the daily version. It's in the books. We went up on a Tuesday. That's what we did today. We went up on a Tuesday. That's what we did today. We did that. We got it done. Three days away from Christmas. It is the holiday season. Go out and shop for your favorite people. Uh, Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Um, It's wintertime now. Wintertime is officially getting started and uh, the Hooper's Log is in full effect. Thank you again for listening. Have an outstanding day and episode 36 tomorrow. Same time, same place, 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day.